from WUSC News. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. This is the countdown. The women's basketball team had a heartbreaker against number one UConn in overtime. What does this mean for the remainder of the season, and how do we feel about the team moving forward? The men's basketball team was seconds away from pulling a huge upset against Alabama on Tuesday night. What is next for the men? When what can they do to turn around this season? All that coming up on the countdown. I'm here with sports reporter for WUSC and my co-host, Jay Weaver. How's it going, Jay Dog? Hey, I'm doing great. How you doing, Brady? I'm good. It feels weird right now. We're, uh, we're at home. We're not in the studio. Well, it's what you call that virtual radio show going on, and it's kind of exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, it's this different, is interesting. But, uh, absolutely. No, I definitely I miss the studio. So uh, I, the, the reason why, luckily, no, everyone's healthy. It's not a COVID reason. It's because uh, I got a stupid test tomorrow at the same time. Um, so, yeah, let's just get right into it, Jay. Uh, absolutely. Let's hit it. The women's team, we've been, back, we've, been, uh, we've been hyping them up all past two weeks against UConn. I feel like we gave UConn some, uh, some stuff to print out on the, in the locker room, you know? We gave them motivation. I think that's our fault. It's our fault. We did not give them false motivation. We gave them the motivation they needed. But when it came down to the end, you know, it really wasn't the fact that USC was not a good enough team. I'll tell you that right now, because USC is a fantastic team. And I, I can tell you why they lost. I really can't, but we'll get, that, get to that in a minute. But what I want to say, Ali, once again, outstanding, unbelievable, 17 points, 15 rebounds. She shot 47% from the field, 8 for 17. Um, one of the most outstanding points that any coach will say is great for a player is the fact that she got eight offensive boards. Uh, and all that on 43 minutes, uh, second most of the team. I mean, we played in overtime. It was a hard fought game at the end that the, 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 the nail in the coffin with that shot bounced up in the air and then went straight down right into the hoop. Uh, it was a killer. You know, Buckers, Bukers, Paige. Paige is she's a monster. That game, as we both did, you will have noticed that what we have previously spoken of in the past is the zone. Bukers was in the zone because some of these shots that she threw up were what you would call in the NBA circus shots, but they went in. And you can't really say that it's inconsistent for her to make these kind of shots because she's averaging over 30 points in the last three games alone. She shot 54% from the field at 14 for 26, which is great. But the, you got to keep in mind, Brady, keep this in mind that UConn, no other player had more than eight points or seven rebounds in the entire game. I'll, with you. Oh, Go ahead. I was just going to get to that point is that this team, this South Carolina team, you really got to cut our heads off. Like, this is – you can't – like, this is the type of game how you have to beat South Carolina. There has to be someone – Paige was – she was the heat check girl. She was out there. Um, 
she wasn't she wasn't missing 31 points as you're saying everyone else uh with average of like eight and six um and this South Carolina team even though they she scored 31 points you think about uh, a women's basketball game you see one girl scoring 31 you're like oh they must have won by 20 they won by four they won by four on a uh, a couple you know I wouldn't say lucky shots they're great shots uh but you really got to kill this team and real like we're, we'll fight till the end. Absolutely. As you were saying that the, the, the role players for UConn didn't really step up. They weren't there. And Buckers kind of took the lead as opposed to U, uh, USC. Beal, eight points, 10 boards. Cook, 11 points. Henderson, 11 points. But I'm going to tell you what killed USC. Two things killed USC, in my opinion. 21 turnovers to 17. Two, you, you cannot win a game with that many turnovers. It's, it's almost impossible. And shooting 36.8% field goal percentage, it's, it's almost impossible. But the biggest bright point, other than Aliyah Boston, is the fact that USC outboarded UConn 52-39. to 39. Yeah, and you're looking at the stats. The, uh, the free throws weren't there. Uh, the three-pointers weren't there. It just wasn't our night, like, consistently on the floor. Um, but you're right. The rebound, that's a bright spot. We got to – and we got to use those to our advantage next time. And uh, – because we will see them again. Oh, we will. We will. In and in, in a tournament, though, I think they're in our bracket. If not, we'll find them in the finals. Um, three-point percentage as well, like you had mentioned. UConn only shot 13.3%. USC is 11.1%. And another key entity, Brady, USC had only seven assists the entire game versus UConn's 15. There's... And, and four blocks compared to their eight. And I just noticed this. you talk talking about the turnovers. 11 steals. 11 steals compared to our three. That's just – I mean, that's – you can't win a game like that. The – as we spoke of, Buchers was in the zone. USC – I think may have had a little bit too much confidence and they couldn't find their zone. No matter what you do in a game, if you get a bad call here, you get a turnover here, you get a, uh, they shoot a shot on you that was uncharacteristic of their normalcy. You are finding yourself struggling to get back into the game and find your own rhythm. And I think that's what happened during this game. Aliyah Boston got her numbers, but the other team, the other players, they were consistent yet, they didn't step up to a, a number two team in the country as UConn is. Now, the defense was pretty good. They, you know, they forced 17 turnovers. But if you're not getting the blocks like Aaliyah Boston usually does, you know, you're, you're throwing the ball around and losing it 21 times, and you're only shooting 36.8% field goal. And your three-point is stop shooting altogether. It, it, you're not going to win. But let me tell you, I think the key to the loss, uh, other than the turnovers, and the poor, poor assists. When time running down on the clock, USC was down. They, it, it wasn't a one-shot opportunity. They had five shots. Henderson shot the ball. Saxon shot the ball. Boston had three opportunities underneath the rim. If you want to call it great defense or panic mode at the end of the game, well, for whatever reason during, during regular game time, they could have won the game. For one reason or not, it just couldn't find a bucket. Yeah, and I think to that point with the panic mode, 
I think the girls or the women needed a game like this. They needed a game uh, as it, it's hard to be uh, the undefeated team going in and winning because you need to have pressure when it comes to tight games like this. So now they learned what not to do and how to like, they, they, they got, they got sucker punched. They got punched when they were riding high. Um, and sometimes you just need one of those so you can get back up. Any successful team will tell you that you cannot succeed until you fail. Yes, they did fall on their face with NC State, but what happened? The next few games that weren't so great, but they improved, improved, improved. Now they got up and their, their heads were maybe a little bit in the cloud. You know, I'm not saying they were over too overly confident, but at the same time, you they knew that they beat UConn last year on their home court convincingly. They may have had the same type of confidence going, in, going into UConn not really thinking that, you know, maybe they want revenge. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, although Buchers had an outstanding game, but I think it was a revenge game. UConn thought that they could beat the number one team in the country, and they just proved they could on a USC's off night. Yeah, and this is their, – their sucker punch was – there was no tournament, so there was no revenge game in the tournament. So the sucker punch for UConn was last season when they lost to USC, got blown out, and – this is that that was this was their most anticipated game, and I'm sure it was South Carolina's most anticipated game too. But the revenge factor it adds something to a team, and it adds a fire um, to to a team. And someone like Paige coming in, uh, she'll come in and she'll like that's her heat check. She's like, I'm gonna if I have to win this game, I'm taking over and beating South Carolina. Well, let me ask you, what's the best way to redeem a loss? Just another win, baby. Absolutely. Win. And we do know who they were playing tonight. They're playing right now, and it's almost over. I'm, or oh, it, no. It is over. It is over. Our USC Gamecocks, 77-62, to 62, and it was a scare, Brady. It was a scare early on. It was, uh, I mean, at halftime, it was tied with Missouri. 7-8 and eight Missouri. It was tied game. And I think it had a little bit to do with getting over that loss still. But they found their rhythm in the second half and outscored Missouri. They 20, 26 to 41, maybe more than that. But whatever it was, they found their rhythm in the second half and then pulled it out and they told UConn, look, it was a fluke. We're going to come back. Yeah, and this is a perfect bounce back game. They, they, uh, they started off slow, which is good. And then they learned they beat them by, fi- they beat them by 15. So uh, that was tonight. That was um, a good game. And it just – it shows that they can bounce back and really, uh, you know, they, they, they will bounce back and take care of business. And one thing I have to say about tonight, uh, Brady, is that their defense, they kicked it to them again. Their defense just was unbelievable because we, they had eight blocks and all but Beal, which had nine points, everybody else had double figures, everybody, other than that, that were starters. Uh, mm-hmm. Grissa came up with nine points, um, and the only they had only one player in Missouri who had double figures. So again, this this shows as and reemphasizes that in the UConn game, that it was a fluke on their on their behalf. Somebody had an amazing game, and that's that's not how you're going to be. That's the only way you're going to beat USC is something if one or two people have an amazing game, extraordinary game, and does something that's unusual. 
because every single one of their starters is did exactly what they were supposed to do. Role players, they fit their role, and they, and they won the game. My favorite stat from the night is, uh, is the, the free throw percentage. We got back to the line with 21 free throws, made 15 of them, 71%, and 47% just from the field. It's what we like to see, and uh, it's, it's a good bounce back. That, that's that defense I was talking about. Missouri, mm-hmm. 39.7. That's blasphemous, I'm telling you. <laughs> you're not going to win a game against the, United, against the USC Gamecocks with 39.7% field goal percentage. Uh, when USC is on their game at 47.5%, just like you said, you are not going to beat our mighty Gamecocks playing like that. Don't even come to our house. <laughs> um, and talk about that defense. Second half, holding them to, to 26 points. I mean, that's incredible. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see a team bounce back to and really just put a stomping on a team that they should stomp. If I was Missouri, I'd look in the mirror and say, how does South Carolina do it? What are they doing that we are not doing other than having five outstanding starters and a few high-speed people coming off the bench? How are they doing it? Is it the coach? Is it the coach? I think it might be the coach. It might be the players. But I would question myself, Missouri, and the rest of the schedule that USC has to play be fearful. I'd be fearful because USC come off a loss to you to UConn. This was is a close. revenge tour. It's a revenge, a revenge tour for the rest of the uh, the rest of the season. Absolutely, I, I wouldn't hold your breath uh, on any of the teams thinking they have a remote chance against USC. And oh, by the way, in one of my high speed classes, TV production, <laughs> I will be at the Kentucky game watching every last minute of it, and I'm going to record a whole bunch of stats on our show. On uh, when they play number fifteen Kentucky, it's going to be in depth. Yes, yeah, Sunday, right? Oh Absolutely. no, that's twenty first. Yeah, that's uh, so two weeks from now. Um, yes, yeah, yes. This this would be a great game. Um, talk about a game I was at. Uh, let's talk about the men's game uh, against Alabama. A real heartbreaker. Um, just watching them play, it was like our three point percentage is it's abysmal. It's abysmal. Um, they, it seems like every game they don't drive, they don't drive to the paint, and then they take these bad threes that I just don't – I don't know what they're, they're trying to get there. The, the men's basketball team uh, is – you know, if they had one more player, if they had one more starting player, uh, because the four they're, – they're at four good players. A.J. Lawson, 21.6 boards. He's five for 13 on a three-point. That, that, that's a very consistent night. But Justin Mignot, 15 points, seven boards. Seventh Woods kicked in 11 points, four assists. And Keyshawn Bryant off the bench again. He's going to be a superstar. He is going to be something to reckon with. 16 points, six rebounds, and still two for six on three points. And the – it's just I, – I don't, I don't know why they don't drive into the paint more. It seems – like they always, whenever they're down, they're looking for the comeback up and they're, they're shooting threes out of their mind and they're just not hitting on any. Um, so I want to see them drive to the paint more and really nail those three free throws. We almost, we had 57% free throw uh, shooting. And we just, we can't win a game with 57%. If we hit three more and had a good percentage or four more and we had a good percentage, we win that game. That is the key to the loss. When you shoot eight for 14 against 17 for 20, I mean, Alabama, 85%. Although I must say Alabama's field goal percentage was 
their three-point percentage at 35. But when you're balancing stuff out, you know, USC shot more shots um, than Alabama, 672 to 68. It's – it, it really, it comes all the, it comes down to the free throw percentage. And one other thing that you mentioned that there's, some, we got to drive, we got to do this, we got to find some kind of momentum. I think that there's so many individual players on that team that, that Frank Martin was talking about chemistry. Stop being about the individual. When you have individuals on our team who's trying to force a, a win, they are going to be putting up shots that they don't need to be putting up. They're instead of finding that extra man, just like Michael Jordan did in later parts of his career. He learned how to win by playing with other people. Jim Paxson's over here. Scotty Pippen's over here. You know, you, you have a, an arsenal of opportunities that are open. Stop forcing stuff and stop, excuse me, and start making your free throws. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, that we can't be playing hero ball. Um, we need to be playing. Uh, we need to be passing more. Our, it seems like every team we have, we have a great defense. I still believe we have a great defense. Um, it seems like every team can pass better than we can, though. Um, even though they're not, you know, passing and getting open looks, uh, they just we can't. We don't have the smooth passing that we should. I think that comes back again to egos. I, I need to get my number. And I, as mentioned before, Frank Martin knows this, and he's trying to get rid of that persona that his team has. They lack a team chemistry of it's not about me. It's about the team. And so, like I said before, there's no team in the NBA that has won it with one individual player, no matter how good you are. You know, like I mentioned, Michael Jordan, you know, it's not going to happen. You just, you're not going to win with just Steph Curry. You're not going to win with just Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You know, Shaq didn't win by himself. Kobe was right there, you know, and then even when Shaq left, Kobe surrounded himself with Paul Gasol. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, there's other there's people always, on. There's always other people. Absolutely. And you don't have to have a, a superstar rendition of a team. I mean, you know, we can talk about Brooklyn Nets all day about how many superstars they have on their team. Well, right the now. Miami Heat last year uh, made it to the finals with, I mean, they had Jimmy Butler, but he's no LeBron level. He's no Kevin Durant level. Um, and he beat these teams. He beat Giannis. Um, he beat the Sixers. Uh, he beat these superstar teams with, without a superstar team. You're absolutely right. Um, you can win a, a, a – you can go undefeated if you wanted to. If you had 12 role players on your team who knew, who knew their role, knew exactly where to be on the court at all times, know that Kyrie is the man, don't mess with him, he is going to get me the ball. Knowing that Michael Jordan's on the side, he's going to – you know, he's going to drive if he needs to. we got Kobe Bryant over Shaq is ready for you. Yao Ming is ready to take his spot. <laughs> You know, Hakeem is the dream. Olajuwon is ready to come in. You know, you have so many opportunities that everybody knows their role. And you don't have to be, as you mentioned, Miami Heat. They, were, they weren't full all-stars. Yes, no, they, they did have a – they had a player named Hero, which was awesome. But at the same time, know your role. Yeah. Stop. And that team, uh, the team, the Miami team, like they, they really knew their role. They knew where everything needed to be. And they had a great coach to place them exactly where they need to be. So this team just needs to piece it together because they're so close. They're, they're, they're talented. Uh, they're extremely talented. And they're good enough to win and win these games. As we saw, it just it, – we're just so close. I think they need to go to Army basic training. Learn <laughs> teamwork. 
I think that's it. I think somebody needs to come in there and give a, a shock of reality and, and explain to him, explain to the players that there's about 20,000 other kids that are ready to take their spots right now if y'all don't start working as a team. But then again, I'm not, I'm not getting too harsh on, on our Gamecock men's basketball team because they, they're very talented. And they put up and they, a heck of a fight. Yes, they have that passion, you know, that they have the desire and want to win. They just have to learn the, the intricacies of how to win. They, they're lacking the basic knowledge. And it's not because Frank Martin's not telling them what it is. He's not, it's not like he's not explaining and demonstrating and showing them. It's that when they get out on, a, on the court, their mindset isn't always about, hey, hey, you know, and let me text. As I heard this uh, speech just the other day, <clears throat> People were on a bus of uh, Pat Summit, Tennessee volunteers, and they were texting each other from one seat to the other. That's this day and age. Put down the phones, go out to lunch, you know, go out to dinner, have a good time, learn your uh, stuff. You don't want anybody else to know because that creates trust. Yeah. You know, you have to learn to trust your players and you, and, and you, you don't you don't want to go to war with somebody who you can't trust in your foxhole or, or is going to give you a, a bad weapon. USC has a lot of good weapons and just need to work together. Yeah, I agree. Um, one last thing I want to say before uh, being at the game, that game was electric at the end. Um, everyone in the stands was clapping uh, on when uh, Alabama was on offense, uh, trying to help out the defense. And uh, it was just great. It was a great atmosphere to be in. The refs, I got to admit, I hate blaming the ref game. Uh, the refs had some, some iffy calls there. Maybe that was just my bias cap on. But there was definitely some iffy calls there. Um, and I just can't wait till the stadium's filled again. Well, let's not, let's not go talking about the refs because we can talk about the refs at the Super Bowl. <sighs> Though Kansas City got ripped, not to oh, say they wouldn't have won anyways. No, I, well, they were never allowed to get into the rhythm of the game because every other call was a pass interference, a hold here, a hold there. Then you have to watch some ridiculous commercials in regards to uh, Matthew McConaughey being as as thick as a piece of paper getting into a, a Dorito. A Dorito. <laughs> that that was I have to say that was one of the best commercials along with the with the lemons, but. <laughs> Golf, not golf, but uh, uh, referees don't ever blame the referees. And, and yes, I could. Uh, there were some bad calls in, in the Super Bowl and in the Alabama game. But if you do what you're supposed to do prior to these these calls being made, make your blankety blank free throws. <laughs> uh, push yourself uh, in in a sense of building a team. Make a pass here, pass there. It's you don't leave it up to the referees to make to win or lose a game. Yeah, that's, that's the key is no matter what the calls are going, uh, you don't just win enough, like be good enough to beat the refs too, if that's what it comes down to. And at the end of the game, uh, Frank Martin had a, an iffy call. There was three seconds left. Um, we had to get a three point shot off. We were down by three. We took a two. We took because they gave us the open two and just trusted that they'd miss their free throws. And they, I mean, they weren't missing their free throws. They were 85%. No one was missing their free throws, no matter who we fouled. And that, I mean, I just would have loved to see a shot there, but you know, I'm not on the coaching staff. I'm not going to tell him what to do. 
Uh, but I would just love to just see someone take a game winner there. Like you said, <clears throat> it, it, it went down to the free throws. Um, we took the shots, but we didn't make the threes like we should have. We forced too many threes, uh, which really draws down your field goal percentage. I mean, I mean, yeah, we did shoot 44%. That's not a horrible percentage, but too many free uh, three points, not enough free throws, uh, need more help from the bench. It, it, it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that they can't do it because we both know and all of Gamecock Nation know that we have the talent on this team to win. And if not this year, maybe next. But very soon, uh, SEC and the nation will be seeing the Gamecocks men basketball team in the top 25. I love that mindset. Um, so I think – so. Let's, uh, let's move on to some football for a little bit. The, uh, Shane Beamer, he came out. He said that he wants fans in the stands for the spring practices with, uh, with COVID safety protocols, of course. And as a, as a student that goes here, I'm, I'm all for it. Let's, let's get us all in the stands. I want to watch this team, take some notes. That'd be awesome. Dude, let me ask you this. Why do you think, in your personal opinion, that Shane Beamer is requesting fans to be present at spring practice? He wants people to hype him up. He wants to see that this team's good. He wants people to see him. Uh, so when we go out there and kick butt next year, it's not a surprise, the game cognition. I think you're right about that because last year, the way the season ended, a lot of Gamecock fans were like either, what is Muschamp doing? What is wrong with this fool? You know, what is uh, Bobo doing? Well, you know, maybe I'm not the biggest Gamecock fan anymore. Yeah. What Shane Beamer is doing is revitalizing the fan base that may have been in doubt with the previous coaching administration. Come out, see your players, let your players know, let your, your, your whole state know that South Carolina is the, the football team in South Carolina. Um, we're, no, we're no little kitty cat tigers. We are Gamecocks, and we need our players to know that there are fans that will come all over the country, maybe the country, but more likely all over the state to stand there and watch practice and get these kids to understand, these high-speed, larger-than-life athletes to understand that the fans are here. The fans aren't going anywhere, and the fans want to see greatness. Push yourself to greatness and make your, bring that confidence back into the, into the program. Let the new administration, this fresh, brand-new administration, new coaching staff, new players, new JUCOs, new six foot eight, 230-pound <laughs> wide receivers, let them know that USC, the whole state, is behind them and that they will never leave. Yes, so he wants, uh, he wants people to, you know, toot toot, hop on the Shane train. Um, he, wants people to sh- he wants to show people that he means business. Uh, this team means business, and I'm all for it. I'd love to see them play. I would love to see them uh, practice even. And as I think whatever we can do to get people down there, let's do it. I, it, it, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, we need to make a shout-out to Gamecock Nation, not just students, but uh, fans across the state that go on to your Gamecock nation website find out when the spring training is open and available to you and do not hesitate come down and meet the new coach new coaching staff these high speed new players tell Dottie you better bring us to the promised land you know tell all these high speed new transfer 
uh, Georgia Tech wide receivers that I don't care how small you are. I've seen how quick you are, bro. You're, gonna, you're, you're a cat. Show us. Show us what you can do. Show us what Georgia Tech lost. Show, us, show, show uh, uh, Delaware that, you know, you made a mistake by letting Debo go, you know. <laughs> this is their opportunity to show love to the Gamecock Nation and let them know that I'm not going anywhere. USC fans aren't going anywhere. And we are garnet and white. We bleed it. We, we eat it. And we are ready to see it. Yes. And the bottom line is, I mean, Coastal. We can't have Coastal be ranked. And, I mean, like, give it all to Clemson. Like, Clemson, we get it. Like, he gets all the five stars and everything. I mean, we got we to gotta have the fans. You can't have fans come in and be like, Oh, South Carolina, that's Clemson and Coastal Carolina. No, sir. This is South Carolina football, and we just show them who's boss. Look, man, we got to hype up this schedule. We don't want to talk about Coastal Carolina. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a no-go. Let's talk about the big teams that are coming in here, that we're there. We are going to show these teams that are coming in here who have absolutely no faith in Gamecock Nation. Their fan base is nothing. They're not going to come out to the game. Let's surprise the country. Let's destroy Coastal Carolina. Let's destroy the end game against uh, the Key Cats. They might come in, the little stripy Clemson Cats. Um, there's not – they're so hyped. Everybody needs to be hyped about this upcoming football season. And let Shane Beamer know and the entire coaching staff and, and team and even all the students – of the University of South Carolina here in Columbia, that we are here for you and we are going to back you in everything you do. Don't ever give up. You win, lose, or draw, we are here. Yeah, and speaking of that, speaking of other Gamecocks, the men's, uh, the men's tennis opens up tomorrow, or today, you'll be listening to it on Friday. So today, uh, they're ranked number 12 right now and they're in Gainesville right now. Um, so good luck to them this season. Uh, can't wait to watch that. And Toby Samuel, he won – he's a tennis player on the men's tennis team, won co-SEC Freshman of the Week. So, congrats to Toby. Absolutely. If you're not uh, a, a football fan, which we all are not, but you really need to be a Gamecock fan. And if you're a true Gamecock fan, you better start following our tennis teams. You better start following our golf as equestrian, softball. Uh, yeah. Even our, beach, even our beach volleyball team, you know uh, – Fans need to come out and show support. doesn't matter what it is. Even if we had, you know, competitive pool tables, I don't care. USC fans, come out, show your love, get yourself a T-shirt. Be there, show your pride. I have so much USC gear and I'm 44 years old. It's ridiculous. Everywhere I go, I got a USC hat, shirt, socks. Uh, that's as much as I'll say, but I have so much gear. And everywhere I go, somebody says, All right, you must be a USC fan. Damn. Right, I am. <laughs> uh, yes, and there's always a sport for everyone to follow. Um, so definitely go support. Um, other things that happen in sports, uh, Tom Brady, I told you, did it again. Got a seventh Super Bowl ring. You know what? Brady, don't – Brady, my name is not Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he is a just – he's a freak of nature. He's consistent. He did what he had to do to win. He did not have overly huge numbers. I think around 200 yards, three touchdowns. He had a very balanced game. He did not need a superstar. Gronk only made a few catches. Yeah, they were a couple touchdowns. 
but they shut down Hill. They shut him down. They shut down Mahomes. That defense was off the chain. Is not what uh, Kansas City was expecting. And anything that Kansas City tried to do, shut it down. Yes, that did happen. Um, and sadly, the great Marty Schottenheimer, he sadly passed away. Um, a great coach in the NFL and coached for many years. Speaking of the Chiefs. Yeah. He was, he was a coach of the Chiefs. Long-time Chiefs coach. Yes, he was one of my favorite coaches because he coached, he coached Christian Okoye, if anybody knows who that is, a big old tough running back. All right. Well, that does it for the countdown. The music of the show is called No Time to Lose by Morning Light Music. The countdown is a production of by WSC News and is produced by myself and Jay Weaver. And if you like what you hear and want to check out other WSC News podcasts, over to garnetmedia.org or any podcast streaming service. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WSC News. That does it for this week. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. J Dog. <laughs> and the countdown ends in three, two, one.